0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: Second hour, everybody, as we continue to roll all the way till 3 o'clock. Uh, we told you the top of the hour, we would indeed have Alex, Hel- uh, Alex Halstead on Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. He joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Alex, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing
1: great. So who's leaving today?
2: I think that's the fall over with now <laughs> that uh, Ray Casango has officially departed. I think that's kind of been, we, we think, you know, probably in the working for the last several days. Prom obviously alluded to it yesterday. They made it official today. So still a couple more spots now, but uh, the departure should be at least over now um, through the season.
1: Okay. Um, maybe you can answer this for us. He sat out last year. Does he have to sit out again? Do you know?
2: Yeah. So, you know, Ray Kisago obviously has an interesting backstory. I think he went to a Juco, then went to Rick Barnes at Tennessee, came to Iowa state, sat out last year per NCAA transfer rules. And, uh, going to be this year, a junior with two years left to play. So assuming, I don't think he can graduate right now. Uh, he's been in college for I think three years and I don't think he was on a speedy track, as some players sometimes are. Um, so I think unless he goes to a lower level, um, I don't know exactly how it works. I mean, it'd have to be outside of Division One, obviously. He'll have to sit out to play one year, uh, because I don't think right now that he can graduate from Iowa State yet.
3: Yeah, certainly an interesting situation that continues to develop there, Alex. And. And was this a surprise? Did you hear any rumblings about anything? Is it maybe that Kasango wasn't pleased that they're bringing in two forwards here that'll be eligible right away with uh, Brace coming in, the announcement the other day on that one, uh, along with what they had uh, a week or two ago? You know, is is it something like that? What's what's your takeaway with Kasango deciding to leave?
2: Yeah, I'm not totally shocked. There have been at least enough rumblings that this could happen. You know, I... You know, when you when you talk about a kid who sits out a year, you typically at least hear something about them, you know, what they're looking like in practice, um, you know, that sort of thing. We did. We heard that with Nick Babb. Um, even going back to guys like Hallis Cook or, you know, other guys that have sat out since, you know, the, the transfer stuff kind of started with Fred Hoiberg back in 2010. You'd always kind of hear about the redshirt guys. In Kisanga, we didn't. We didn't hear much at all. We knew they were going to continue to recruit forwards that could come in and play immediately. And so I think it was probably a combination of that of, you know, One, you know, I think maybe he kind of got a feel for where he was going to fit. And then they go and get Hans Brace and Jeff Beverly. And combined with Solomon Young and Cameron Lard, that's kind of your front court. So I think he kind of saw, you know, what was ahead of him and and decided to leave. Um, But I think it just never was a true fit. You know, when you look at Steve Prohm's recruiting to date, I think if you look at the one miss truly, you know, it'd probably be him. Yes, you know, Brady Ernst. Uh, transferred and you know the Simeon carter thing didn't work those were a couple of high school guys he tried to get in the early running but you know he had talked last summer about baking that last scholarship and then all of a sudden they just took ray casango and i think it proved not to be a fit but you know hopefully for Kasango, he can at least find something that he wants to do um somewhere with his last year or so
1: alex halstead is our guest uh he joins us on the draft house 50 hotline okay so Trent and I, in the opening of the show, tried to put together the at least part of the roster. And with all of the guys coming back, we felt that they pretty much had to at least double their scoring for Iowa State to be pretty competitive in the Big 12. Where are you on this current roster that they have right now?
2: Yeah, I think there's going to be obviously a lot of guys that need to step up when you look at the roster they're now, when all is said and done, going to refill um, or, you know, get a new player at eight of their 13 scholarship spots from last year. Um, and the returning guys um, would be, you know, Solomon Young, Donovan Jackson, Nick Weaver-Babb, Cameron Martin and Jacoby Long. Two of those guys, you know, Jacoby played some, you know, late game minutes in, in some non-conference games but didn't play a lot. Cameron Mard, Red Shirt. So you're talking about three guys who are even returning, and one of those guys, Solomon Young, you know, started 11 games, you know, Donovan Jackson didn't start, Nick Loverbath didn't start. So, yeah, I think those three guys especially need to, you know, maybe double their productions, including their minutes played. And so uh, there's a lot of different talent on this roster. We know that with, you know, some of those returning guys and, you know, Wendell Wickington's well-regarded and, and that sort of thing. There's just going to be a lot of questions. It, it's really hard to project because, you know, when you look at MLB or, you know, other professional sports and they come out with those, those preseason projections, you don't really have that for – College football or basketball, and so it's it's hard to even project what some of these guys are going to be. You know, we know what the talent is, but I think a lot of those guys are really going to have to step up. You know, starting with Donovan Jackson, Nick Babb, and, and Solomon Young.
3: You know, uh, Nick Weiler, babb Last year, right before the year, I brought this up to Jim earlier. Uh, Steve Prohm talked about him maybe having the most NBA upside of anybody on their roster. That includes the departed seniors, Alex. His game, though, never really got on track. He's athletic. You'd like to see him shoot it a little bit better. What do you think he can develop into? Is there something that you look at and say you think he can turn into, or is he going to be a guy, a rotation guy, probably a starter, but maybe that's it?
2: Yeah, I think you know his big question is can he develop a consistent shot because we saw what he could do defensively last year. Mm -hmm. Um, We know what he can do with the ball in his hands, and I think we especially – saw those glimpses in Kansas City, you know, when he's more, I wouldn't say point guard, but when they put the ball in his hands, he's an athletic enough kid that can drive to the basket and do those sorts of things. It's the confidence of having that three-point shot, you know, there have been times last year where he's wide open, and I think there's probably people yelling from their couches or even the stands. I guess take that shot, and he did a couple times, you know, he hit a big one, if I remember correctly, at Texas Tech, but he needs to be able to hit those threes more and more, and he needs to be able to uh, hit his shot you know I asked Steve Prohm about that just recently in the last few days you know what does Nick Babb need to do to take another big step because you know last year uh, going into last season Prohm was raving about how he had maybe the most potential on the team in terms of you know his body and you know that sort of thing but he needs to be more consistent and, and Prohm said it is the shot he said right now I think he's overseas actually with his brother Chris um, working out with him as Chris finishes up his professional season overseas um, you know, that's not a bad person to work on a shot with. But if he continues to work on a shot, Prohm thinks that will be one thing. But he thinks the other thing is that next year he's going to be able to play the minutes where he can be more consistent and he can play through his mistakes. Because, you know, this last year, if he went in and he made some mistakes, they just bring Matt Thomas or Nazmi Kulong back in. And I think he always had this short leash. And Prohm said finally next year he's going to be able to play through those mistakes. And that could be the thing. As far as his role, I think unless they add another score, he's probably the – you know, guy to play that three in the starting lineup this year. Um, But it'd be nice probably for Iowa State to get someone to continue to push him just so you can have at least some depth, if not um, a battle that pushes those guys.
1: Take me to Cameron, uh, Cameron Laird. We know he's put on 20, 25 pounds since he's been at school with lifting and training and all of that and probably pizza. That's what you do in college. What do you know about his game and how is that going to translate? Can you give... A fan, any real indication what you know about him?
2: yeah, you know Prohm, like you said said that bar that he added you know twenty twenty five pounds since he's been here, and that was about four months because he didn't get here until January ninth, I think it was for classes um so that means he's probably around two forty 240, two forty five because when he originally got here, they listed him at two twenty, so he's kind of that better weight um you know once you get a kid into uh your weight lifting program in a, a Power 5, Big 12 weightlifting program, plus the nutritional side of it, where he's eating, probably, they're probably putting three meals at him a day. All pasta. You know, that's where it, all pasta. Yeah, all, yeah. I know that was Monte's route. Was he, he'd go to Noodles and Company names. he said. but <laughs> um, you know, So when they're putting that weight on you as a freshman, you really see that those freshmen typically bulk up. And he's supposedly already done that, so he's now 6'9", probably 240. Okay. You know, Prohm said that, you know, kind of asked him, what are your expectations for him next year? And he said that, you know, he's going to get thrown into the fire. He's going to get an opportunity. This Originally, they just – or initially, they just want him to be a guy that's an energy guy. Uh, Prom said that can, you know, uh, play inside, be physical, rebound, get second-chance opportunities and that sort of thing as they continue to develop his skill game. Now, his skill game, I think, ultimately is um, he can stretch the floor a little bit, you know, Prohm said there's some similarities, but also they kind of um, complement each other with him and Solomon Young. So, you know, as far as his role next year, I think the fact that they brought out in Hans Brace and Jeff Beverly kind of probably gives him an opportunity to ease into things rather than getting thrown into things. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like he's going to get a good opportunity. And when you look at maybe an example, you know, Solomon Young's first 18 games last year, he averaged about 11 minutes a game. The last 12 games he averaged 27 minutes a game. And so maybe we'll see a similar t- trajectory where, he gets eased into things, but ultimately, you know, towards the end of the year, hopefully he's playing, you know, 20 minutes a game or something like that.
3: How about the non conference schedule for next year? It'll be officially re- released here over the summer, but I uh, know they're going to play in the Puerto Rico uh, tip off. Also, there, Florida State, Illinois State, South Carolina. Pretty good field overall in that one. Have the game against Iowa, have the Big Four Classic. Outside of that, anything that you know about the non conference schedule, how it's going to shape up?
2: Well, the one that's all of a sudden become interesting is Missouri. Uh, They scheduled that, you know, this past season, a home and home with Missouri. They'll go to Columbia this year to open the season. Then the next year, Missouri will come to Iowa State to open the season. So they're going to open their season with, you know, a high major school. And when they initially scheduled it, it was obviously not this big game. And now all of a sudden, they're going to have Michael Porter, who's going to arguably be the uh, number one pick the next year in the NBA draft. They just got uh, a top fifty player in Tillman out of, I think, East St. Louis. And Michael uh, Porter's brother, I think he's right now like a top 30 player in 2018, might reclassify to play next year. So that team all of a sudden could have, you know, three top 50 players coming in, one of them being the number one overall player in the country. So all of a sudden that game went from, you know, a down Missouri team that doesn't draw home crowds to it'll be the opening game of a new era, probably packed and Mm -hmm. a lot of talent on both sides in terms of incoming freshmen. So, that would be a big game, and you, you know, as we've kind of seen, the, the committee, um, you know, really like likes people just going to play schools like that on the road. So that would be one. You mentioned Iowa. Obviously, they get you and I next year, the Puerto Rico Challenge, and then they'll have a, a home game next year against the, uh, an SEC another SEC team in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, and that would be kind of their big games. Otherwise, they'll probably play more of the directional type schools, yep. um, right. and it sounds like they might get more Midwest focused this year with those.
1: Okay. Um... It takes teams time to kind of gel together. Uh, Trent and I had a conversation in our first hour about Oklahoma. All those young guys, and they got better as the season went on, but they still had a poor season. Could that be the case for Iowa State?
2: Yeah, I think it could be for the early running especially. You know, Prohm's kind of already, I, I wouldn't say hedged a little bit, but he kind of has put it out there that, you know, he's been through this situation at Murray when, he took over there the first two years. They were really experienced, and then all of a sudden year three came, and they've lost a ton of players, and they had to bring in all these new high school guys and that sort of thing. And they're kind of in the exact same situation now where his first two years he had the Monte Morrises and the George Yanks, and all of a sudden they're going to have eight of their 13 players are going to be new to the roster and, you know, three, four freshmen, um, you know, sophomore, you're just going to be really young. And he kind of even said, you know, maybe if you start the season three and three or three and five, or I'm sorry, three and three or five and five, but the key is that you can still do. You can still get to the tournament if you can um, get things gelling. Beyond that, it just might take some time. And so, you know, they're hoping probably it's not as bad as Oklahoma was early. But if you can go three and three, or you know, kind of maintain, and then start picking things up, you can still make the tournament if you go five hundred at the conference. And so, I think that's the thing is just um, trying to figure out the pieces pretty quickly, even though you might um, have to have some ups and downs, like we saw with the TCU or. In Iowa last year, teams that were young but you know really pick things up at times, but also you have your down moments too.
3: Is the fan base going to be able to handle that after the success that they've had? Are we going to hear a lot of negative comments that they do get off to a slow start? If we look up here in that non-conference schedule and they're they're humming along at five hundred, and people say, "Oh, it looks like Iowa State basketball is over now." Are, are, is the fan base ready for that?
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of be the big question because they you know. Six consecutive NCAA tournaments. Um, you know, they're so used to that. And there were some difficult times last year where I think there were the ups and downs even in the fan base last year. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this season has even been interesting because there's been ups and downs to the offseason. There were in early April, people were kind of looking at the top 10 graduate transfers, and Iowa State was in on a few of them. And if Iowa State put together this perfect class, you know, they'd skyrocket to this place in the Big 12. And obviously, you never get the ideal situation in recruiting or rarely do unless you're one of those blue bloods. So, I think we've even kind of seen it this off season, but I think uh, the, ultimately the expectations, you know, people will bring them down a little bit and kind of understand it. The one thing that might help get over that hump is that even if they are, you know, kind of having to battle in some of those early season games, you know, if, if guys like Lyndell Wiginton and Terrence Lewis and Darius McNeil and even Solomon Young and those types of guys are playing well, I think people are now kind of looking at 2018-19 as the year that even if they – you know, have to go through the ups and downs next year, that they've got a young core again that can get back on track. So if those guys are playing well, I think it will help lessen the blow of, you know, having to fight a little bit more than Iowa State's used to in the last six years in the non-conference.
1: Take me now to uh, football, and you take a look at some of the odds makers uh they have up the ante on Iowa state as far as their win totals. Uh look, I know that the coaches don't pay any attention really to that, but for fans who are into that, does that even put more pressure on the coaching staff and players this coming fall to become a bowl eligible team?
2: I think maybe, but you know I think, you know, most of this roster at this point expects to be able to compete for a bowl especially the Alan Lazards or the Willie Harveys or some of those guys um, that maybe are the leaders of, of their respective position groups or what have you, they expect to be able to kind of be at a point where they can compete for a bowl game. I mean, they've got a lot of returning pieces. They didn't really lose a ton from last year's roster. You know, a lot of what they lost was on a bad defensive line, and, you know, all of a sudden they've revamped it and it's going to still be a, a work in progress because we don't know what those jukeles will be like. But I think the expectation for the – staff and the players is to compete for a bowl game for the fans. I think, you know, they kind of get to a point in this time of year, every year where you kind of start to look at each game and say, okay, they should win this one and maybe they can win this one. And yeah, it does seem like all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's at that four and a half or whatever, Whereas, it, you know, can they get to four or five and still then be on the fringe there late? You know, when you look at their schedule, you know, they got to beat Northern Iowa and Akron, but all of a sudden two big receivers have left Texas tech on the team that, um, you know, doesn't really have much of a defense, and now of a sudden they lost Patrick Mahomes and two, their two best receivers. Um, you know, Baylor's going to have some questions. You know, so there's there's all sort of different questions around these Big Twelve teams that you know I would think could be right there, and um, I think a lot of people understand that it maybe it will take one more year, but you know I think all around both fan base and the program is kind of going into next year thinking that they do have a true shot.
3: Finish up here. Monte Morris, NBA Draft Combine last week. Alex uh, had a workout with the Pacers the other day. Said he'd love to be reunited uh, there with George Deang, uh when he was asked about the Bulls when he was in Chicago last night. He'd love to be there. He'd love to be <laughs> I mean, any, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, we, we get that. But uh, your takeaway, what you saw out of Monte Morris and, and the latest you're hearing about his prospects in the NBA draft.
2: Yeah, it seemed like, You know, the NBA combine is not as much about what you look like playing wise. I mean, if you play at a school like Iowa State or Iowa or any, you know, Power Five school, or I guess Power Six kind of when you include the Big East for basketball, if you're playing at that level of school, you're going to have scouts at a lot of your games. They know what you can do, but, you know, the interview process there is big. Monte, I think, met with six to eight teams there. And Steve Brome said he had a few GMs and scouts come up to him while he was in Chicago and told him that Monte did really well in their respective interviews. And so that's kind of a big step and now getting into individual workouts. And the weird thing with Monte, you know, sometimes you you see a player and you're like, you kind of know where they're kind of pegged in the draft, you know, as you get closer and closer and Monte seems to be anywhere from maybe he could sneak into the late first round if the right team. sees a fit to, he could go into the middle of the second round or something like that. So there's a wide range for where he could maybe land. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the, I guess pundits out there seem to think he's a good fit for a veteran type team because, you know, when you want when you look at a backup point guard, you want a guy that can just come in, not make mistakes. You're not looking for this guy that's going to be, you know, needs to go in and be flash and score a bunch. And so that's kind of what Fitzmonte's profile is. He's been a facilitator that doesn't make a ton of mistakes and maybe fits that backup role for a team like that. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's got a lot of workouts still coming up. Obviously, like you said, starting with Indiana yesterday and. Um, you know, prom 's you know, still pretty close with guys like Isaiah Cannon and, and Cameron Payne. And his opinion on Monte is that, you know, it doesn't really matter if he goes 26th late in the first or 45th in the middle of the second. He thinks he can be like those guys where you find a little role on a team and, you know, stick in the NBA for a decade or so.
1: Always good, pal, where you take time to come on the show. Great information on the Cyclones, as always. It's Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Thank you, man. Have a good day.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. See you.
1: Alex Halstead on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Good stuff out of him, both basketball and football. Always is. Alex does
3: a great job over there. Cyclone fans, look to uh, get involved with his website, CycloneAlert.com. There's nobody that does a better job keeping everybody up to date. Breaking news, all kinds of great things with mm-hmm. Alex.
1: You got it. Uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Uh, 140, we're going to go to Minneapolis,
3: right? Yeah, John Shipley from the Pioneer Press. He'll be stopping by. We'll talk some Gophers, some Vikings, some Twins. Uh, everything happened in north of the border of sure. us. Sure. We'll do that with John. He's always a fun guy to have on the program. Tonight.
1: And we have the NBA ping pong ball selection tonight as well. Oh, yeah. that. That gets you pumped up, huh? I'm excited about hey ping pong balls and me. I'm in. You know, it's not really ping pong. Games, I want to see. I want to see what what he thinks of the Minnesota T Wolves and where they're going to go. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll leave that one up to you. Okay, fair enough. Ping pong balls are fun. Uh, Jimmy B and TC, it's the big talker. Seventeen hundred.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for news, talk, sports. Seventeen hundred K B G G. Trust, quality,
3: value, just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free estimate. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643.
4: And online, wolfconstruction.net. thousands. Brownells Gun Store in Grinnell is celebrating its one-year anniversary Saturday, May 20th. Don't miss
0: this enormous tent sale. Gun giveaways, crazy sale prices on guns, 1,500 rounds of 22 ammo for 80 bucks. Plus factory reps from Silencer Co., Hornady, Trichicon, Sig, Ruger, Benelli, and dozens more. Bring your collector firearm and have it valued by world-famous gunsmith, Doug Turnbull. Get to Brownells in Grinnell Saturday, May 20th. Brownells, I-80, exit 182 Grinnell. Hiring is the most challenging part of my job. It's really hard. The searching, the sorting through resumes. Most people don't have the right experience. We started using ZipRecruiter
4: about three months ago. Right from the start, you could tell it was going to make hiring a lot easier. One click and my job was posted to a hundred plus job boards, all the top sites.
0: All of the candidates came to my dashboard and it's easy to compare them. Thumbs up if I like them. Thumbs down if I didn't. No emails and attachments, printing up docs, phone calls, none of that. And I
3: couldn't
4: believe the number of great applicants we got. I had the person we needed within one week. I don't know how we hired before ZipRecruiter.
3: Whether you're looking to fill one position or 20, find the
4: best candidates with ZipRecruiter, where your job is just one click away from 100-plus job sites. ZipRecruiter, the fastest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free.
3: Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. That's
0: ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. to four hundred eighty dollars for TV, one hundred eighty dollars for internet. Equipment non-return. Other facing conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends one twenty one seventeen. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. All
3: right, Mr. Brinson. About halfway home here yeah. on a Tuesday, rolling right through. Good talk on the Cyclones. Mm-hmm. We hit a lot of Iowa State stuff today. Uh, tomorrow we'll go back to the Hawkeyes a little bit more. Rob Howe and his Wednesday okay. spot will be here in the twelve o'clock hour, but. Uh, wouldn't bring this up. I know you're a big fan, like I am, of awful announcing. The uh, website I look at it a lot. Yep, a lot of good articles as it pertains to uh, our business, and I think people in general that are sports fans, for the most part, you know, can find some interesting things that come out of there. Uh, as you know, going on right now are the upfronts for ESPN, Fox, not just them, but all, also all, all the networks, all the networks. Uh, Jimmy B., you were in the business. Yes, a long time. Uh, I know a little bit about what they are. You're basically putting your stars up there and saying, hey, buy advertising Been funds. there, been there, done that. Yes. So explain for the layperson what exactly these upfronts are.
1: They invite their major talent up on stage because they have gathered all of the big marketeers uh, to generally it's in New York or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And the big advertisers show up, and they get dinner or lunch, whatever the case may be, and you get the schmooze uh, <laughs> with all the big stars. And not only are your talent there, but they'll bring in stars from the entertainment world as well. So are you talking about Kenny Mayne dressed as an angel? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't care about that.
3: No, okay. I actually care about... Something that pertains to us here. Okay. And that is the new TV contract that the Big Ten has. Yes. With Fox. Now, they split up the Tier 1 rights. In the past, when you're talking about the Tier 1 rights, those were the games that, for the Big Ten that you saw on ESPN, on ABC, the 230 window, Mm -hmm. and the biggest one each and every year, the game, Ohio State-Michigan. Yes. So, last year when it was reported that Fox was being involved And we never got official news. And Fox has still never released what their official package is. We haven't heard anything from the Big Ten. But during these up fronts, Jim Harbaugh, he was out there talking and talking about Fox is now the home for Big Ten football. But Fox, in order to get half of the Tier 1 rights, half of basically the best inventory, ESPN still has half, ESPN ABC, and Fox has half. Mm -hmm. But Fox, for the same amount of games... Twenty-five football games. Yes. Fifty basketball games yes. a year. Yes. Paid two hundred and forty million dollars a year, while ESPN spent one hundred ninety million. Yes. For that extra fifty million dollars, though, mm-hmm. they get the top choice each and every week. That means each and every year for the duration of this, they're getting Ohio State, Michigan. That's correct. Are they going to move the game? For, for as long as I can remember, outside of 2006, yeah, when it was number 1 versus number 2, and they moved it to a later game. Right. That is, for us, 11 o'clock kickoff, noon kickoff. Back in the day, it would be an hour later. Yes. Back in the 90s, into the late 80s, I remember. It, it was
1: always a mid-afternoon game.
3: But it's, yeah, it's either for them in the Eastern time zone, yes. either a noon or 1 o'clock kickoff. And for the last long time, it's been 11 o'clock here, noon out there. Mm,
1: are you thinking they might move at the prime
3: time? Could it be prime time? The numbers are buku. Last year, it was by far the highest-rated regular season game, even including conference championships. And mm-hmm. people always, oh, the SEC, the SEC. Well, that game outdrew the SEC championship Yes, game. it did. So this gets buku ratings every single year. Urban Meyer against Harbaugh. Maybe they're having their own ten-year war that is just starting up here. It seems like it's worth it, though, right? To know that you're going to get that
1: game for every for the year. next how many years? Five years?
3: Yeah, five, I think six. Yeah. Six years? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And wouldn't you want it in prime time? And you get
3: the top pick every year. You get to go. I mean, it's it makes a lot of sense. It does. You know, another thing that we wondered, and again, because we're just speculating, because they've never us officially what this package is going to look like, you know, if they are going to carve out another window for Big Ten games. So we've heard, obviously, the endless 11 o'clock kickoffs for people in the Big Ten. It gets tiresome. I mean, for a lot of people, they like the old days when it was always a 1 o'clock kickoff. Mm. That was the best, but it was 11, 2. 30, or a night game. Those are the times. You know, if they look to carve out a different niche, if they go <laughs> and have a, say, 1 o'clock kickoff, if they do something different later in the afternoon instead of 2.30, maybe a 4 o'clock 4 game. o'clock game. You know, different kind of things like that. If Fox is going to try to carve out a different area that they can do and uh, kind of go with games, do they, instead of 11 o'clock, do they move it to noon our time with their first kickoff of the day? You know, a lot of different things that is all speculation, but now not really beholden to what ESPN wants. You have a little more wiggle room if they're going to look to carve that out. We know more night games are coming. That's already been happening. That's correct. And uh, just, just some ideas, just some thoughts, but we don't know. Isn't it crazy that we're a couple months away and we still don't know exactly what this package is going to look that's like?
1: A, it is, that is amazing. You thought they would have had it out by now, mm-hmm. but there's probably so much jostling uh, going on, and we know that those two sports networks uh, don't care for each other <laughs> sure. at all, right. at all. Mm-hmm. So they're probably attempting to hammer out the details of everything as best as they possibly can. I'm sure that ESPN doesn't want to put Alabama LSU up against Ohio State Michigan. You know, they want to have that window of opportunity when those two mm-hmm. SEC teams collide. So I, th- those are the things that are... Probably behind closed doors that are being worked out, which is probably why they do not have a a set schedule as to who's going to play and at what times yet.
3: Also, sounds like Chris Spielman is going to be their, looks like it their color guy. He's awesome. Yeah, I like. He is I like so him. Good. Uh, he did some NFL games last year for Fox, but he's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. He was. He's one of the few guys that I get excited. You know when it, when a game comes on. And it are probably going to get Gus Johnson with him. I mean, talk about that combo. That's a good that's, combo. That's a good, that'll be fun. A fun play-by-play guy that brings a lot of excitement and a guy that can, the way he explains the game, how quickly he can see what is happening. Um, I was listening to him talk with Bruce Feldman uh, with Fox Sports, who's been all over the place, CBS, ESPN, yep. one of the best college football reporters you're going to find, and uh, they were just talking and... Feldman said he had a football coach say, yeah, nobody can decipher plays that quickly without help, you know, for a color guy, mm-hmm. except for Spielman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's that good.
1: Yeah. It, he, it's just instantaneous. Yes. Not only that, he was a terrific NFL linebacker. He too. was. He
3: was. Yeah. He a great
1: college player. Yeah. yeah, he he's, was. Yeah,
3: he's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Fox, it, it is different. And I remember when Fox first got the NFL, there was a lot of eye-rolling. Well, they brought in professionals. They brought in Summerall. They brought in Madden to be right. their eighteen. yep. That worked out incredibly well for them, and, and it helped kind of galvanize. Uh, Fox has been in the world of college sports over the last decade plus now. I would, I would say so, yeah. Go back to that Boise State upset of Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. That game was on Fox mm-hmm. when I would beat Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl. That was on Fox. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of forget that because you always just think ESPN. But they've been involved for a while, and I think they're going to continue to get better at it. It looks like they're really putting the money into it and with the product now. It's different than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is more of a regional conference. The Big Ten brand is a national conference with the alumni base that they have scattered across the country. It's a national brand, and I think it'll be a good thing. And hopefully, uh, Fox does a good job with it. There'll be some head scratchers. There always are when, oh, you get, always. when you get in bed with somebody new. Oh yeah, there's always something that maybe will rub people the wrong way. Maybe Delaney will make a phone call or two. Hey, that's not how we do. Speaking
1: things. of Delaney, yes. Did you see he got a 20 million dollar bonus? Absolutely. I'd say that uh I'd say that they are rolling in money. Well, he's making them money. He is
3: making them big bucks. That's why he gets the money. Yes. And I know there's a lot of people, "Oh, you got all this money, why can't you pay the players completely different it, I agree so, with it you. It is. Yeah. We're talking apples and Yeah. Apples and hammers here. Yeah. Not even apples and oranges. <laughs> Two completely different things. CEOs of large companies make this much money. They do. Jim Delaney is an incredibly intelligent person. If he was the head of a different corporation outside of the Big Ten, he'd be making those kind of bonuses. Mm -hmm. Yes, is it frustrating as you hear the stories of college kids struggling? Absolutely. But that's the going rate. For a commissioner like that, that's what you get. And he's made the money, too.
1: He has. All right. uh, Quick break. Uh, John Shipley, on the way from the Pioneer Press in uh, Minneapolis. Jimmy B and TC. It's the Big Talker 1700.
0: Hey, it's Bill Ryder. Nice to be talking to the home crowd again in Central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right on you. 5 to
1: 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steaks, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft
0: House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Can you finish this little ad phrase? BMW, the ultimate right most people know it's the ultimate driving machine but this message isn't about bmw it's about how your memory works why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize that's the power of sound it can make a good tune or a good idea stick now here's a question would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business sticky you know memorable and powerful Then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio, the power of sound.
2: Hi, this is Marcus Pitts. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station, 331-9200. We're glad to share them. It's the
1: thrill of the grill event, now at the Home Depot, where the Kingsford Lone Star Charcoal Grill is a
0: special buy at just $99. You'll save 50 bucks. Its durable cast iron grates and extra large surface can handle up to 24 burgers at a time, making you the undisputed grillmeister on the block. Get a fresh take on spring with the Kingsford Lone Star Charcoal Grill. Just 99 bucks, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Bail through May 31st while supplies last. Selection varies by store. Your car's in pretty good shape. If it's only six or seven years old, you just commute to work every day and take the occasional road trip. Sometimes you drive around just so your dog can hang his head out the window. Your car doesn't have to be old to accumulate miles. Pennzoil High Mileage is for any vehicle with 75,000 miles or more on it. It's specially formulated to reduce oil consumption and leaks and reduce engine wear. Pennzoil High Mileage, because before you know it, you'll be on the road again. Make the switch to Pennzoil at a Jiffy Lube near you. Napa know-how. Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest chili cook-off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about your
5: money and your life. This is a show where we take more calls than any other talk show in North America. The reason is is we talk about you right in front of you every day. So thanks for being here. The Dave Ramsey
0: Show on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Count it down. Let's hear a great debt-free scream. Three, two, one. I'm debt-free! Yeah.
1: It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines.
0: Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 K BGG, Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey everybody! Welcome back in. We roll all the way
1: till three today. Uh, it's always fun when John Shipley takes a little bit of time to come on with us. We have him on the show once in a while uh, from the Pioneer Press in uh, beautiful Minneapolis-St. Paul. He joins us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hello, John. Hi. How you doing, pal? Everything good with you in beautiful Minneapolis?
6: Yeah, yeah. Everything's great. <laughs> Bugs
3: aren't out yet, the mosquitoes aren't pulling you away, anything like that?
6: No, no, it's been pretty nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, John, a uh, lot to get into. We want to talk some Vikings twins, obviously, with you a little bit today. Twins off to a good start, so let's start right there. Sure. Uh, the fans haven't been coming out in droves. It usually takes a little while for the attendance to kind of catch up with the team uh, going well. But uh, the early surprise here, how surprising is it to you? But maybe the bigger question can they keep it up?
6: Well, you know they're playing good baseball. I, you know, I covered their first series, and they looked, they looked like the real baseball team. You know, they they made the plays they were supposed to make. They got some timely hitting. Um, they continue to do that. They the starting pitching has been good. Um, you wonder if some of the guys might fall off, but you know they, they're starting to look like a, a legitimately decent team. Um, you know, I think it's a long season, but I think long seasons, they pay teams that play well. Um, it doesn't, you know, talent does make a difference, but there's plenty of teams that have not, I mean, look at the 88 Dodgers or the 89 Cubs or mm-hmm. these are teams that were not super teams, uh, that played well and, and end up winning their divisions. So, um, it can happen. It's still early yet. It's not that early. You know, they went and took two out of three from the from the Indians, and they got Barrios up. If he uh, if Barrios looks anything like he did, I mean, if he ends up being here for good and pitching well, that's a big plus for this team. So, you know, I if I were a fan, I'd be I'd be pleasantly uh, optimistic.
1: Uh, this is a team right now, John, that it doesn't have like big name stars. But is there a guy or a couple of guys, I know Buxton's going to come up, I know Sanu's going to come up, are, are those guys capable of becoming star, or at least at least really, really good players that baseball fans across the country will start to recognize?
6: My guess is Sanu will probably this season. Okay. Um, the last I checked, I don't know if he still is, he was leading the AL in RBIs, I think he's got... And homers already um this is he, he's a guy he's a kid he just turned 24 you know doesn't is not phased by spotlight enjoys being in it um he reminds me a little bit of ortiz um that way likes talking to the media um i think he will be in buxton you know i don't know if buxton will be a star but if he if he just becomes an everyday player he, he'll probably be an all-star if he if he hits a little bit. He can be an all-star, certainly. Um, Kepler is the guy who, um, the outfielder from Germany, who um, he's been okay, uh, but you know they're playing him every day. He'll get better. You know, he's 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 a good player. Mm-hmm. Barrios, of course, uh, I think could be a number one starter. He's got really terrific stuff that maybe he's figured out how to harness. Our twins writer had a good story in the paper about him today. Um, They have some talent on this team. Um, And then Dozier, you know, he's he's a solid player.
3: You mentioned Barrios. He uh, comes up, makes his first start of the season with the big club on Saturday against the Indians. A couple shaky moments early, but then really kind of found his groove. We've seen him dominate over the last couple of seasons down at AAA and then struggle when he's come up. Is he up for good in your mind? Do you think this is a guy that's going to finally stick and, and show a lot of the promise that we've hoped out of him?
6: I think they wanted him. I, I think they, I think they had to convince themselves that he was done at AAA before they brought him up. I don't think they wanted him to come up again and fail, which he might do. But my guess, is if he does, um, they'll let him pitch through it. One thing I, about this new regime with Salvi and Levine is that uh, Levine is that um, they're letting these guys play. You know, toward the end, with when Terry was here. They were so frustrated with a lot of these players, and they were bringing them up and sending them down, and bringing them up and sending them down. And I, I, this this team so far seems to be happy just to let the guys play and show whether they really can stick here. I think it's been paying dividends so far. And my guess is with Barrios is even if he has some rough starts, and he probably will, they won't. There won't be a knee jerk demotion.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, John Shipley is our guest on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. John, take me to the Vikings. Look, you they, you had to figure they were going to cut bait with Terry Bridgewater at quarterback there. Uh, Teddy, you mean? Uh, Teddy, te- te- what did I say? Terry? Terry? Oh no, hey, Teddy. 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 thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's his brother. Okay. Uh, yeah, t- with with Teddy with Teddy Bridgewater, um, they really had no choice in that matter. You being around and hear everything. Do you think he'll play football ever again?
6: You know, I don't know. People around him say he will. Keep in mind that I don't think they've really cut bait with him. He, my guess is that he will stay on the pup list this year.
1: Okay, and then he'll lot.
6: And if he does, he'll automatically his his contract will extend another season. So even by not even by declining that option. They, I think, they really probably are taking it, and they'll and they'll negotiate some sort of deal that they they were going to own 12.8 million or something like that. They'll probably pay him a little bit more than he's making now, which is one five or something. So they'll they'll retain him, and it'll be cheaper. The question is though, what do they do with with uh, Bradford? Mm -hmm. He's more interesting because. You know they really like Teddy, he's young, if he comes back, you know maybe they they still like him if they if they if they still think he's a viable option physically, you know if he can play football, they still like him. Bradford is a guy who's making like seventeen million bucks right now um, a year I think that's why it's a lot of money and uh and he's going to want an extension, so if they just sign him for a couple of years. Uh, would he do that? Does he want an eight-year... You know, that—that's. I think that's a much more difficult decision for them. I think the decision on Teddy was not difficult because either way, uh, the Vikings end up okay on that, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Going to get an extra year out of it and, and something that certainly makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, last week we saw the news that they decided to bring back, uh, bring Michael Floyd, a Minneapolis St. Paul native, back. To his hometown, the issues that he has gone through uh, down in Arizona, the DUIRS, which is just a a completely scary situation, the uh, blood alcohol content that he blew at the time. How has been the reaction there in Minnesota? The Vikings certainly have had their past transgressions from some of the players bringing a guy like this back. Well, he's from Minnesota,
6: so. (laughs) So everyone. (laughs) People here like him. Okay. Um, I think they're, you know, The fact that he's a receiver, there's a real wait and see on him because they haven't had a good receiver really since Moss was here, Mm -hmm. Sidney Rice. Um, So, I think there's some hope. I I don't know that people are really banking on this. It's it's a kind of a a real Viking centric contract. It's fairly cheap. It's like 1.7 million and a lot of incentives. In terms of there's no outrage if that's what you wanted that, you know, that there are, uh, you know, maybe if he, I mean, I hate to say this, but if you weren't from here, didn't grow up here, if people didn't know him, they might feel differently. Sure. Um, I, you know, I don't, I, I just don't sense a lot of excitement in terms of, well, here, here's the answer, because uh-huh. he hasn't been as good lately. Um, I thought it was funny that someone tweeted that, we're all worried about his his DUI when he just won a Super Bowl. Well, no, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He was on the team and he didn't even dress for the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know that there's a lot of excitement here. But obviously, he's talented. Maybe if he's home, he gets around the right people. That could go either way. Alcoholism's a tough disease. Um, you know, I I empathize with him. I. He's got a tough road to hoe, and I guess in the NFL is not a good place to be if you're if you an addict. Um, it's a hard life if you're not married and have a family, and as far as I know, he doesn't. So it's going to be difficult. Maybe being home will help. Maybe it will make it harder.
3: John, you uh, mentioned Minnesotans loving their own. Well, you uh, lived here in the state of Iowa as well, so you know how us Iowans. Michael Waka, the pitcher for the Cardinals, was born here, moved away when he was two. We still have people trying to claim them <laughs> as in Iowa. I mean we we have the same That's thing right. in Iowa as, as up in Minnesota. What is it about us in the upper Midwest that we got to cling to everybody that has any tie to our state?
6: Well, you just I think just the um population i mean there in you know, all of Iowa, there are fewer people than in the city of Chicago,
4: right.
6: so you're not going to get as many celebrities mm-hmm. um, in Minnesota's a little different. Um, it's bigger. It's, um, they're very, it's very provincial. You know, Minneapolis is an odd place because, well, Minnesota is, uh, is an odd place. People, people don't leave here. People stay in Minnesota and, and a lot of the people who leave come back. Mm-hmm. They, they just love it here and they want it because like their whole goal in life is to come back to Minnesota. They're very, it's a very provincial for a, for a, for a town this big, for a, a media market this big uh it's it's very provincial
1: we'll let you go on maybe it's a
6: Midwest thing yeah
1: yeah probably is we'll let you run on this one uh tonight draft lottery for the NBA uh Andrew Wiggins will represent the T-Wolves they are the sixth team in the lottery do they end up with the number six ping pong ball or do you think they move up or go down
6: History says they'll either go down or stay the same. They've never gone up. Wow. And Twenty, I think 20 chances they've never gone up. Uh, and they've – I ran a story about it this morning. Uh, they've gone down like eight times, and the rest of the times they stayed stay where the they were same. supposed to be. So, um, boy, boy, it would be something, though, if they got the one, number one pick. Oh, um, yeah. Because they're really starting to get pretty good. Um. But you know, you know, you sh- you think at six you should be able to get someone good, but sometimes you don't <laughs> in basketball. So I, you know, it it seems odd to say that, but it's true. I, it's it's a real crapshoot sometimes with these guys. I remember when they had the number two pick and I picked a kid from Arizona, Derek Williams. Yeah, I thought that was a slam dunk. I, I think he's playing for somebody. Uh,
1: he's on the but, Cleveland um, Cavaliers roster. Yes, yeah. he does get some minutes okay. off the bench. Yeah.
6: Okay. So, but I, you know, I thought, yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's the guy I'd pick, you know? <laughs> and it just, just doesn't turn out, so... Right. Yeah, but I don't know. It'd be fun to see them get it just because they've been so bad for so long. and um, They're starting to get some fans. I, I went to a like a flower thing on show on Saturday and I saw tons of kids in T-Wolves wow. t-shirts. It would really surprise me, so I, I it would be fun. I, I kind of hope they go up. I think it would be good for the market
1: certainly thank you john it's always good to have you on the show
6: okay you bet
3: john Shipley with the pioneer press with us on the draft house 50 hotline always love talking with john and uh keeping an eye on our neighbors to the north plus he's an iowa guy so yeah yeah
1: thing. yeah that's he goes good. back and forth he crosses the border right, right. he's able to do that
3: <laughs> i know about that very well
1: i live right next to i know
3: corner. you do i know a hop skip and a jump away
1: all right, you and the Wolfman get a get together, huh?
3: Yeah, we got some Hawkeye talk coming up on the other side. He's like you; he likes the NBA, so we'll we'll delve into a little okay. NBA with him. Uh, Coming up on the other side, Jimmy B. and T.C. on the Big Talker 1700 from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B. and T.C., noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
5: Hi, folks. Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Trust. Quality. Value. Just some of the words that have been used
3: by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multifamily homes, tear-offs,
4: Thousands. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to Cabbage.com slash radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. Yeah, your toilet's definitely clogged, but I think I found the problem.
1: Sir, is this your action figure? Yes, I sent him in to check out the pipes.
4: As a small business owner, you've got enough to deal with. Let the experts at Progressive insure your business so you can focus on more important things. With over 30 commercial auto and business coverage options, we'll build a plan that's right for you.
1: Um, I got something else. Are these toy cars? Had to send in backup.
4: Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Reinvent your home. Open your eyes to new possibilities and your mind to smarter ways of doing things. You'll find them at The Home Depot, where the next generation of home improvement makes its home. New products, new tools, and new technology that take home improvement into the 21st century. About the only thing we haven't reinvented is helping you do more for less. That's the same as it's always been. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing.